0: Today is the 25th of March, we have less than one week till the end of our winter retreats period and this uh, full group practice schedule. Spring is in the air and the mind naturally creates ideas of What am I going to do when the retreat is over? What's to be done? What responsibilities will I have? Where will I go? It's natural for the the mind, the patterns of thinking to create futures. Planning, worrying, hoping, fantasizing, practicalities. In these uh, last periods of retreats like this, I always find it beneficial to bring the attention to the urge to become bhavatana, The way the mind creates an imaginary future and then tries to lean into it, leaning towards that imagined future, heading towards the horizon, the promise, next week and then and then, and then. This is the perfect opportunity to get to know that energy and to free the heart from it. As the Buddha said, bhava rodo nibbana peace is the ending of becoming. And Pucca would say, The Buddha Dhamma is not to be found in moving forwards, nor in moving backwards, nor in standing still. There is forward movement, there's backward movement, there's being still. But the Buddha Dhamma is not to be found in any of those modes. This is the place of non-abiding, as he would call it. The Buddha Dhamma is not to be found in moving forwards, nor in moving backwards, nor in standing still. This is the place of non-abiding. Our patterns of thinking, self-view, and those habits of attitude, are based around self, time, place, me, Having come from somewhere, now I'm here, time is passing, it's 8.33 on the Thursday, the 25th of March, 8.33 in 6 seconds, 7 seconds, 8 seconds. Time is passing, I'm speaking words. Forms take shape, dissolve. As long as the heart is tied to self, time, place, then it's tied to dukkha. That's how it works. Through attachment to the world of beginnings and endings to condition things, the heart creates the causes of dukkha. When there's no attachment, no identification with the world of time and people and things, then there's freedom from dukkha. We habitually think in terms of me having come here and time goes by, then I'll get up from here, go somewhere else, the days go by. This is our ordinary, everyday way of thinking, naming the world of people, things, activities. But these are all samuti satcha, Conventional truths, convenient fictions. The Dhamma in its fundamental nature, the fundamental reality of what we are, what everything is, is timeless, unlocated, selfless. So the cessation of becoming bhava nirodo, doesn't mean freezing in our tracks. There is forward motion, but no person who's moving forward. There's backward motion, but no one who's moving backwards. Being still, but no person who's being still. It's just the appearance of things. When we recognize that the worlds, buildings, pathways, the landscape, the people around us, the sky, the earth, the trees, all of this is known within the space of this mind as a flow of perception. Forms arise, take shape, dissolve. Perceptions of the body moving arise, take shape, and dissolve. People come and go. The perceptions arise, take shape, and dissolve. But they all happen absolutely here. They're all known within the space of this heart, this mind, this awareness. So even though there might be the perception of a body moving, you don't go anywhere. You're always absolutely here. Throughout our entire life, wherever we've been positioned geographically, it's always been absolutely here. The citta looks out from the place of non-abiding to the world of, of form, locations. The citta looks out from the, the timeless at the world of time, clocks, days. Months and years passing. The jitta looks out from the place of selflessness to I and you, me and them, arising and passing. So the genuine quality of peace, nibbāna, comes from that Recognition of that fundamental reality. There's nobody going anywhere. Conditions of mind come and go and change. The appearance of time, time passing. It's a seeming. But it's always now. In terms of Dhamma, in terms of the nature of the jitta itself. It's always absolutely now. So this can sound a bit spacey or vague or impractical, but this is uh, important to have clear within our, our attitudes, our understanding. If we're looking for peace just by shutting off the noises by fixing ourselves in a spot, by even stopping our thoughts, then peace won't really come. If we're looking for stillness just through freezing the body, blocking up our ears, it won't really be still. It's not really that genuine, profound ease that comes from the heart awakening to its own fundamental nature. Which is timeless, unlocated, non self, not a person, not belonging to a person. That's where the great peace really lies outside of time, outside of place, outside of identity. As the Buddha said in the Udana, there is that Ayatana, that sphere of being where there is no coming, no going, no standing still, no this world, no other world, no dying, no reappearance. This is the end of suffering. So that can sound very vague or spacey or impractical or remote, but really, it's just the quality of this very heart when the grasping stops. In that moment where the heart is not... Identifying, not grasping, it's fully awake, attuned to the people, the things, the body and the the world around us, the mood within us. Knowing that, attuned to that, but not identified with it. Not being that in any fixed, limited, absolute way. Not claiming identity with the body, the personality the I am feeling. So with our practice to continually remind ourselves, the world arises within the mind. It's known here, within this sphere of awareness. The inner world of thoughts and emotions, ideas, plans, memories. The external world of People and things, trees, the sky, the land, the buildings, the sun and the moon, stars. They're all known here, within this space of awareness. So knowing that, attending to that, seeing things in that context, this is genuinely knowing the world. As the Buddha said that whereby one is a perceiver of the world and a conceiver of the world that is called the world in this dhamma and discipline and what does that means whereby one's a perceiver and a conceiver of the world the eye the ear the nose the tongue the body the mind so knowing the world is knowing that there's a flow of perceptions happening here within the sphere of awareness. It all happens here. Perfectly present, sanditiko. Akaliko, timeless. Known right here. Apply this recollection through the course of the days, remembering the world happens in the mind. It's known here within this mind. This is this mind's version of the world. And when there is that reflection, that way of seeing, look at the result of that. How does that change things? What's the effect of that? Notice that quality of, of ease or peacefulness that comes when there's that recognition of, you know, I can't go anywhere. Notice how we're trying to lean into the next moment, heading towards that, uh, that building, heading towards the end of our walking path, heading towards the temple, heading towards our medica- meditation cushion, heading towards the sound of the bell. When that's let go of, when the mind stops creating time, location, identity, how does this feel? When the grasping stops, how does it feel? This is a very tangible practice. It's a, it's a felt sense to that peacefulness, that relaxation in the body, in the heart. Just walking one step at a time doesn't mean we're walking in slow motion. We can walk with the body going at a, at a good pace but still be going nowhere. Still have a restful, easeful, present quality to that. One step at a time, one breath at a time, not being on the way to the next thing. Even as you cross the room in your, in your kuti or your dwelling place, just the three steps it takes to cross the room, can you be with each step as it forms not going anywhere. Notice the feeling, the quality of that, the restfulness of it. And mysteriously when there is this disentanglement, this non-grasping, then things get done more efficiently, more effectively. It doesn't mean that we're passive or spaced out or incompetent in the practical tasks of our days. We can still put our clothes on, make a cup of tea, go to the bathroom, get to the meditation on time. Those kind of practical details can be attended to. And the the greater the quality of non-grasping, the more comfortable and naturally do those practical tasks get taken care of. I'm not busy trying to get something, the heart is in tune with what's needed. adjusts and adapts to each moment, saying what needs to be said, doing what needs to be done, with a simplicity, a practicality, a naturalness that's quite delightful, peaceful. So, this kind of non grasping is not spacing out or living in some kind of abstracted idea of the unborn, the unoriginated, the unconditioned, the unformed as a totally disconnected, impractical state of mind. Not at all. The more that the heart attunes to its own nature as unborn, unoriginated, uncreated, Then on the level of the body and the personality, our roles in the community, the things that need to be done, we find that there's an ease and a comfort and naturalness in how they go about being done. It's not taken personally. If things go well, we don't find ourselves getting inflated or proud. If things go badly, then we don't feel ourselves being self-critical or embarrassed. We learn from Things that go well, things that go badly, and everything in the middle. It's not taken personally. Notice how that expectation, planning, anticipation, Notice the tone of that, the texture of that. Whenever that might arise, with hope or excitement, fear, busyness, irritation, notice that, feel it. Let that awareness have its effect, knowing that here is the arising of the becoming urge, Bhavatanna. Bhavasava, the outflow of becoming, feels like this. And that knowing have its effect. Feel the, the grip loosening, relaxing. And when the grip has relaxed, and the grasping stops, notice that. What's the quality of the jitta, free of grasping? How is it? Let that be fully known, fully cognized. There's a simplicity, spaciousness, peacefulness, a delight, a wholeness. It's always here when the grasping doesn't distort the, the attitude. Every time. And notice that. Let the heart be informed by that. Let that be which indicates the way of practice. This is the way forward, the way to the ending of dukkha.